Hi, and welcome to today's podcast session. My name is Jessica Zero, and I'm one of the hosts for The Library is Open. We also have with us Nathan Carulla, who is the co-owner of Bywater Solutions. Our guests today are Jessamine West and Lori Ayer. Welcome. Thanks. Thank you. How's everybody doing today? Pretty good. Excellent. There she is. I'm doing good. Fantastic. Lori, you're in California, right? And Jessamine, you're in Vermont. So, yep. uh, and I'm in Connecticut and Jesse is down in Florida. So we have many different geographical locations represented today. So Lori and Jessamine, why don't you take some time to tell us a little bit about yourselves? Uh, okay. Um, my name is Jessamine West. I do library stuff, basically. Um, I, uh, my main job is I teach adult education in my tiny town through um, the local vocational school. I do a lot of basic kind of get started, how to use your computer, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But then I also do a lot of technology sort of education and instruction to librarians via public speaking, and I write a column for computers and libraries. Uh, I've been doing library stuff since the mid-90s. I got a master's in librarianship from the University of Washington, like back when they still gave those. And uh, I fill in at my local town library because I live a quarter mile away and occasionally people get sick. So I do a lot of different uh, library things, and I just started working with uh, Lori and BookPoints a couple months ago just being kind of a liaison between tech people and library people. And that's kind of what I do. Like I'm mostly like a tech whisperer for tech people so that they can talk to the end users of their product and vice versa. I like that tech whisperer. I like that too. <clears throat> um, so my name is Lori Ayer and uh, I run the, my business is the Glacia Group and I do technology consulting and have done that since about 2000. And um, I am very happy to be involved with this book points project now. It's a little bit of a variation from what I normally do, which is um, usually uh, RFID and automated materials handling consulting, but um, we've gotten into the website business and I have a fantastic website Drupal programmer dude named Jim Craner, who has kind of pulled me into website work for libraries because he does such great things, including um, helping the California Library Association develop this BookPoint software. So that's kind of where we are today. And um, I realized we needed even more help. So I reached out to Jessamine to, to give us a hand as we broaden our horizons with, with the software. Yeah, and until the end of last year, I'd been working for the Internet Archive with their open library project. So I've spent a lot of time kind of helping people deal with interfaces to get access to content. This was a very good fit for me. Fantastic. And, you know, we, we've had the pleasure of working with Lori uh, extensively in the past, bringing libraries up on uh, Koha and open source. And Koha works extensively with open libraries. So we're all connected. Nice. So beautiful. All right, well, tell us a little more about book points. Um, well, book points, I mean, we could start from where it is today. Jasmine, you want to talk about your impressions of it, and I can talk a little bit more about the history. Yeah, sure. I mean, I came, 
I came into it, um, I mean, in Vermont, we do summer reading program, pencil, paper, little plastic tokens you put into a jug and we do a drawing from that. So I hadn't really been uh, that aware of the technology aspect of summer reading programs as much as, you know, I talk to people all over the place. Uh, it's not sort of how we do things. And so I sort of came on to book points, which is essentially just a a way for libraries to kind of run their own summer reading program with a sort of administrative side and a front end side, both of which look nice and are easy to use, which kind of, that's sort of my thing. I'm the big uh, sort of usability access person, generally speaking. I think a lot of library websites um, are challenging, maybe suboptimal. Uh, I think sometimes you get people whose focus is on things that are not necessarily technology. And so, they can build interfaces that nah, don't really work so well. And book points is a really nice way for staff to be able to manage a summer reading program on the back end, users to be able to experience a summer reading program with a minimum of hassle on the front end. It does all the things you'd expect. You can get badges, you can do drawings, you can keep in touch with people, you can email people, you can have a profile, you can put up pictures, you can just kind of all the stuff. But it's all... Um, sort of locked inside a really nice kind of Drupal container, which means it's really easy to sort of plug into other places and the code's available. So maybe if you like the code, but you don't necessarily need to sort of work with people, maybe you've got your own tech person. One of the things I really like about it is you can just take it and have it, or if you want someone to kind of hold your hand and talk you through it and maybe do some customizations or whatever, then you can sort of talk to us. Yeah, and the, the history of the, the product is that it came originally out of the Great Reading Adventure, which Maricopa County created as originally as an open source product, summer reading program. And uh, we were brought into the project by the California Library Association, who really wanted to put California libraries on the Great Reading Adventure software, but they didn't have the tech skills to do the hosting and support. So the Galicia group came in to support those California libraries and provide some guidance around the technology. And ultimately we said great software functionality wise, but in um, the internals of the software aren't something you would wanna build upon. So how about if we recreate it, replicate the functionality, but build it on an open source, more stable platform. It was originally built on Windows. So we built it on an open source stack with a Drupal implementation, as Jessamine said. And so the next year we delivered it to pretty much the same group of people, only a completely newly created piece of software, which went pretty well. We, we had, um, I think, about the same number of people on the second year version, as, which, which to us was the first year in terms of a development version. Um, and it was fine. It was satisfactory it wasn't great it was hard uh, for especially on the staff side so right now we're in the very last stages of building our what would be our second year version which is much improved on the staff side a little slicker looking I'm very happy to get Jessamine's take on it and um, you know we're feeling pretty excited that now in year two we've come as far as we have and um, we will be moving forward without CLA support next year because they realize that it's CLA being the California Library Association. They realize that you know this was not their core um, 
kind of thing to be doing and um, they had lost some funding from the state library for the same reason. So we're now on the brink of figuring out, will people use this software if it's not free? And if it's not free, what do we need to charge to offer the kind of services that people might need? Um, obviously, they can just take the software and use it if they want, but we want to be able to support some of the smaller libraries, especially who wouldn't be able to use it without some help. So that's yeah. where we are. Fantastic. <clears throat> this kind of rolls into another question that we had is, is this, a, is this initiative going to be rolled out nationwide or are you, are you thinking about keeping it in California only? Um, we're already expanding in terms of responding to interests uh, or expressions of interest. Uh, for this summer, we are still funded by the California Library Association. And I should say also our development partner has been the Library of Virginia who have contributed a lot of money to all stages of this process. And they, they've been really critical at um, keeping you know, funds flowing in along with the California Library Association. The Library of Virginia is staying on the project. As far as we know at this point, they will continue to fund improvements and keep their libraries on the system. So their model is that they <clears throat> internally host Virginia libraries. So they're using the software, they're doing the support and hosting, but they're working closely with the California team. So through this summer, that's pretty much who's using it. A bunch of California libraries, a bunch of Virginia libraries. Um, we're going to be setting up uh, sandboxes for anybody else who wants to look at it starting in around June. So we're happy to hear from anybody who would be interested in, in playing around with it. Um, but we'll have everybody stabilized and running their summer programs by June. So we'll have more bandwidth to let other people play. Yeah, there's nothing that's not nationwide about it now. I mean, it's software, so it's pretty extensible and can be used pretty much anywhere. But uh, the bulk of sort of the getting started funding has come from California. But hey, if somebody thinks it would solve a problem for them, it's there's there's almost no none maybe localization that happens with it. So yeah, sure, talk to us. Awesome. Uh, you guys mentioned a little bit um, some difficulties you had with the staff side of things. Are there any other um, issues or bumps that you ran into when you were trying to bring it online? Um, I would say the the trickiest part for us is one of the reasons, I mean, it, it was wildly popular and we had a lot more libraries that signed up um, in that year where we had just developed it and uh, you know, we had a really short development window because we didn't really start development until we were done getting everybody shut down for the end of their summer reading, getting them statistics, gathering, you know, uh, feature requests and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then being ready by now what it's, you know, the beginning of March where we're kind of finalizing all the development. So it's kind of this little four to five month development window, given that we are small. Um, so one of the things that happened was as we were getting that first year going as a, as people who do development, you probably recognize that you can't bring in developers in the middle of a project because the ramp up time to get them oriented costs more than the benefit you're going to get from them. Yeah. So, um, one of the things that we've done is, um, after we got through that period, with our, you know, our couple of developers, basically our Jim, 
Craner, my um, Drupal developer on the Galicia side, and then another guy, Jason, on the Virginia side, um, after we got that first year going, I reached out for additional developers and was able to contract with a group that I'm very proud to be working with, which is a company called BitSource. And BitSource is a company out of um, Kentucky. They are also grant funded. And their uh, grant is to take people who worked in the mining industry who lost their jobs because of the end of the mining um, industry in Kentucky, and they are training them to be software developers. So I reached out to that group and said, um, we have, uh, you know, Drupal, we, we have a Drupal application. We don't want to, you know, look overseas. We want to keep it here in the United States, and we'd really like to reach out to um, your group if you have Drupal expertise. So um, we started doing some work with them, and it's been really a positive relationship. They can bring a lot of resources to bear to get, you know, projects that would have taken us, I don't know, all, all winter to get done, pull together a bunch of people and get them done much more quickly. And now that we've worked with them long enough, um, they're really becoming, you know, uh, even better because they know the product that we're working on. And um, they've been a, a great resource. And, you know, I love that we get to be working with, you know, getting these people back to work in a new industry. So that's a happy thing. That's awesome. Well, yeah. And as the product matures, one of the things that is helpful is being able to iterate feedback back into what you get. So getting a whole bunch of feedback from libraries, because, you know, you may have developers who build a thing and they're like, this is the best way for the interface to work according to us. But you may get librarians who are like, well, it doesn't really work with our flow or we have these fussy concerns about who runs, you know, we have a whole complicated structure about, you know, parents can manage kids accounts, librarians can manage parents can manage kids, how that works, does a teacher maybe manage blah, 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 blah. And being able to roll that feedback in, you know, it takes a little bit of time to make all that happen. But what it means is when you're done, you get something that has many more use cases so that when you're rolling it out for other people, they can see their use cases already represented instead of just having to be like, uh, I need something that isn't there. Yeah. And that's what sort of this summer is going to be all about, like trying to meet people where we think they are already and not just being like, well, we made our best guess that this will work for you. Good luck. I mean, trying to be responsive to that has been a big thing about sort of this development cycle. So cool. It's a great story. Um, so how does BookPoints compare to other summer reading programs feature-wise and cost-wise? Well, the cost-wise is easy to talk about because we haven't charged for anything yet. Um, so since it was grant-funded by California and Virginia to their members, nobody's on the library side has paid anything. And um, that's one of the things we need to figure out going forward is you know for the libraries that are have been on it the last two years three years if you count the year that we supported them on the great reading adventure um are they going to stay with us when they have to start paying we hope they will um and we want to make the price point such that they can so that's what we're trying to figure out um and 
I'm pretty confident that we can. Um, looking at the prices of some of the com competitor products, I don't see why we couldn't come in at a, you know, a really good price point compared to most of the most of the comparable products, which gets to the features. We have a we have a good uh, robust set of features. You know, there's you can track things by any number of um, you know minutes, uh, books, pages that you want to track. It you can give uh, badges for these things. You can give badges for activities. You can give drawings to your um, or set up random drawings so that people can get actual you know pen and pencil set awards or whatever you know the people want to do in in the libraries. Um, there's a dashboard that will be um, much improved this year for everybody. Um, I think what I consider all the the coolest critical um, summer reading program um, features will be there. Um, I'd say the one product that you know if you're a well-resourced library and you need every bell and whistle, then you know the Beanstack product is probably you know, one of the most robust, if not the most robust products out there. And, you know, I'm not, I don't see us as trying to beat the competition there. Um, but then they've had hundreds of thousands of dollars of development funds thrown into that project. So, um, but apart from that, I feel like we're right up there with the competition. The big thing too, to me, is the open source nature of it means there's so much tracking of so much data. I mean, it's a little creepy almost. You can figure out how much time people have spent interacting with your stuff, which helps us make better software, but it also means you can get your data out. You can look at it. You can do your stuff. I mean, Jim's real push for this year is to be able to have any kind of report you want so that you don't have to jigger around with custom report settings, which everyone hates and isn't a whole bunch of fun, but just being able to sort of get the data out, which is what libraries need to be able to present to, you know, their funders, their townspeople. I mean, we had town meeting on Tuesday, right? Which is when our town decides yes or no, is the library worth it for another year? And, you know, having a bunch of numbers is useful, especially with smaller, um, smaller groups, and especially for children who you don't kind of otherwise track around the library besides circulation. And so being able to have some good evidence that young people, kids, whatever, have been doing this, that, and the other over summertime helps. And the other thing is, you know, we call it summer reading software, but you can use it for any reading challenge. You know, you can use it for winter things. You can use it for Black History Month. You can use it for Women's History Month. You can use it you can repurpose it to do pretty much whatever you want on the back end, which is nice. Nice. Well, I know as far as, you know, Bywater, when we first started our company, the early adopters of Coho with us made out like bandits. <laughs> <laughs> we were still trying to figure out what we should charge for everything. So people should jump on board now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I'm pretty committed to, you know, paying it forward with all the California libraries that have, you know, helped us define the software you know like i said the first year on the staff side it wasn't terrible but you know it could have been better and you know those of us that stayed stayed with us you know we want to reward that that effort they made to help us improve it so we'll see you both are so um 
enthusiastic about this. It's like so nice to hear this energy and like your support for it. Um, what has been like your, your most favorite thing that has happened during this whole process? Like your favorite story maybe, or just one thing that makes you feel good? Well, I can tell you that the two things that I think are fantastic are one that we have been able to make it possible for libraries like Jessamine's that had no online reading software before. So they were doing it all with paper and pencil and now they're doing it online and they just couldn't be happier. Like they're so thrilled that they are able to do that. And um, they're so appreciative of everything we do. It's, it's really lovely. And then the second thing that feels really exciting to me is, you know, to be able to partner with these guys, BitSource, um, that feels like somehow some healing in this time of political, you know, polarity. I love that, you know, we're working with a group out of Kentucky. That seems like a really great thing. Um, and just generally, I mean, it, it's been collaboration on collaboration on collaboration. I mean, it started out building off Maricopa's effort, you know, relationship with them throughout all these transitions has been great. They've, you know, it's not like we stole their software and they're mad at us, you know, that all kind of transitions um, comfortably. Virginia is working with us. We love that we're working with Virginia. Um, the CLA folks um, have been fantastic and they're very sad that they can't stay with the project. Um, I want to do a shout out to one of the people who's been particularly great, Juliana Robbins, who's been the California Library Association contact person. She, you think we're enthusiastic, you should talk to Juliana. I mean, she's the primary contact person with all the libraries and um, that will be a great loss for this project um, that we, we won't have Juliana, but that's one of the reasons I called out to Jessamine and said, you know, we need somebody um, to help us out because we're gonna lose Juliana. So um, it's just been a positive, collaborative, thing on all levels so and for me just the ability to work with libraries and with open source technology I mean I really enjoyed the work I did at the Internet Archive with open library but open library had only sort of an open code base and it had a lot of legacy code from a long time ago and so you know it had kind of a developer community that was enthusiastic about it but realistically um, it wasn't a library community even though the thing had the L word in it. And so it's really good getting to work with people for whom the librarian aspect of what they do and the library aspect is front and center and why we're doing not what we're doing. Not like, oh, it's easy to get funding as a library. So, hey, now we're a library. Instead of like, no, we talk to librarians every day to figure out what they need for their software and then we make it happen for them. Like I do a lot of work with digitally divided people in central Vermont and you know, one of the big issues is bad interfaces scare people away and getting an opportunity and, and you see it a lot in kind of vendor based software, especially in the library world where you feel like people get to the point where they're like, it works, ship it. And then they don't do the usability, the accessibility, the design work because I don't know, cost money, it's irritating, it doesn't solve a problem for people. And so the fact that we had, you know, funding from California and Virginia meant that we could invest a little bit in making it nice at the same time 
but still open source. And again, it just benefits everybody, everybody down the road. So working with a real library project with real library people is the biggest deal for me. Yeah, speaking of that, um, the other uh, collaborations that um, people that have been involved in this is when we did the wireframes at the very beginning, when we redid the GRA version, Great Reading Adventure version, we called out, we reached out to a group called um, Dev Collaborative who are out in Massachusetts. And they've been great partners too, although they haven't done as much um, in the la latest version, but I think we're gonna be um, circling back and doing some more work with them. They did some good user interface uh, wireframe type stuff. And one of their employees is a librarian. And Simmons, uh, Simmons our, graduate. Our, pardon me? Simmons graduate. Yeah, Simmons graduate. And um, the, our designer is actually a librarian at um, one of the academic libraries here in California. So it's very much, you know, in the family, the project. Fantastic. So I think we're getting to, toward the end of our podcast uh, time. Um, where would people who are interested in learning more about book points go to find out more information? Now, this is a good question um, because uh, we are terrible about having any marketing material at this point because we haven't um, prepared for that. So, Jasmine, you talk. I'm working on it. Okay, yay. She's working on it, but talk for a minute and I'm going to pull up a URL. So Great. So, this is actually your first marketing initiative then. <laughs> Pretty much. Hi. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Well, because all this stuff has been internal, you know, CLA basically were the people who did the sort of promotion to members, and then we would just be kind of receptive. I mean, this was before my time, but I hear stories. Be receptive when, when people came in. And so figuring out how to kind of turn it around, reach libraries, reach librarians, and have kind of a, you know, a, a talk, a pitch based on what works for them and especially with the lead time involved i mean this timing is kind of weird because we're pretty much finalizing what people are going to for this i'm talking about now, although they sort of mess around in our sandbox this summer Great. speaking of good uh good lead in there um the the url that would be best for for getting more information and to reaching out um, to us is called reading by design and that um is the name of the project that uh, was initiated by the California Library Association to support the software book points. So for now, readingbydesign.org would be your best point of contact. Um, we picked that name before the um, iReads people decided that that was the theme for the year. I don't know if you know anything about that, but it was very confusing. Um, but anyway, yeah, readingbydesign.org. Hey, which there I'm showing um, through the screen share right now. So people who are interested, go check it out. Play around in the sandbox. Get your hands sandy. Get some cupcake badges or whatever the heck your thing is. <laughs> Excellent. We love that this is open source. We love that people can go in there and get dirty and play with it and make suggestions and contribute. I think it's awesome what you guys are doing with that BitSource project. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, Nate. Nate, are you going to tell them what you what um, Bywater Solutions has committed? Go to ahead. The project? You can go ahead. Well, uh, <laughs> as soon as we 
got going on this project, I um, called on Nate and Brendan, who are my old friends, and said, we're doing this open source project. We need, you know, help with uh, figuring out how to support an open source software and maybe some funding and what can you do? And so what they came up with is this podcast one, but also that they are committed um, to developing a connector to the Koha product for any book points use uh, well for for the project so that means that Koha users sometime in the future we don't have anything on the, the schedule yet um, will be able to use book points and um, have it uh, talk to to Koha nice. Koha and book points talk to one another um, did I miss anything Nate nope we, we okay. like the interoperability and yeah, I'm sure we'll be contributing in many other ways in the future too, as this project continues to evolve. I'm hoping that's the wedge we need in Vermont to get people excited about using software. We've got a whole bunch of kind of state library shakeups and they usually manage our uh, summer reading programs. So I'm, I'm interested to see where this will go. Cause it, you know, if you can make it work for tiny libraries in Vermont, you can make it work anywhere. Great. That's right. And I think about 70% of the automated libraries in Vermont use COA. So this connection would be very beneficial. Um, yeah, exactly. So yeah, we're, we're all about it. Cool. Well, Lori, Jessamine, thank you so much for joining us today for the Libraries Open podcast. It was amazing to hear um, your story and, and for us to be able to share it with our listeners. Um, so for those of you out there, remember to check out readingbydesign.org. If you have questions, please let us know and join us next time for the Library is Open. Thanks for having Thanks us. So thank you. Yep. Bye.